Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And today we're going to be joined by our special guest here. It's going to be Ladies Night. We're going to have the one and only Carolina Teague joining us, host of League of Her Own. Carolina, how's it going? It's going good, you know. <laughs> Brighter days ahead. <laughs> and I just, like I was telling Carolina prior, before we came on here, I was listening to her podcast. She just finished recording. So make sure you go out to VodPod Media and go check that out on Facebook. And she's letting Guyland's business be known. So if you want to hear what the hood rat discussion was, make sure you go and check that out. <laughs> Shout out to you and Guyland, you know, for doing your thing. Y'all having yeah. a lot of fun with that. Yeah, we're certified hood rats and we love to talk sports. So you guys love that fiesta oh, talk we... Gotta tune in. Yeah, make sure you tune in and make sure you, you go ahead and, and listen to the live stream so you can interact with her as well. So give her some love. And we're also be joined by Jess Tamir, who is part of Project Spurs. She is our, uh, our San Antonio Spurs uh, insider here. She's our writer, and she's also the gal you're going to see at the games representing the Project Spurs uh, uh, brand. And she covers the San Antonio Spurs for, for one Project Spurs. Jess, how are you doing? I am great. I'm happy to be on here with my girl, Carolina. We are not strangers at all. <laughs> but yes, ladies, we're always dog. representing the ladies, Joe. Thank they you. Yeah. And we do a really great job, too, by the way, representing okay. for the ladies. Yeah, Jazz does a great job. You know, I have to admit, you do, too, Carolina. And I know that you ladies have run into each other more than on more than one occasion covering the Spurs over there at the AT&T Center. So we're, that's, Spurs, we're best friends at the Spurs games. Definitely. <laughs> that's, yes, that's my road dog. That's good. And, you know, I got to say, you know, thank you for kind of, you know, showing her the ropes, too, when when she got there, you know. So we appreciate you. So yeah. let's go ahead and get into this San Antonio Spurs talk. So first thing, the Spurs finally broke their 16-game losing streak. Came to an end last night against the Utah Jazz as the Spurs get the dub over the Jazz. 102 to 94. The team is now 15 and 47 on the season. The Spurs also picked up their first win of the season when they trailed by 10 points, as the team had gone 0 and 44 when trailing by double digits. So now this is the one victory that they have. So now they're like 1 and 44 at this point. They have to wait to the 45th game to finally decide we're going to go ahead and make a comeback. So what did the Spurs do in the month of February? We're going to go ahead and reveal those stats. The Spurs went 6-26 and 26 on the road. They went 6-32 and 32 against the West. 1-8 and eight on the rodeo road trip. 1-10 in the month of February. 13-46 and 46 as underdogs. And 1-44, and 44, like we had just mentioned, when they're down by 10 points. So that's what the San Antonio Spurs did in the month of February. But I got to ask you, we'll start with you, Jazz. What do you think this one victory means for the San Antonio Spurs because Keldon did not look happy after the the Spurs got that victory he's like we're not celebrating we still got work to do so what does this mean to you if I be honest I agree with him it's um I saw something that said they they won with the help of uh Utah which they did because Utah did not have their best shooting night it was around like 40 something percent but um there was still some misses that kind of helped them get back in the game. Uh, the defense to me was still lacking in the first half. Uh, and they kind of they kind of changed around the plot of the story. The first time they faced Utah, they were like killing it in the first and then fell short in the second. 
I still think despite them leading in, I think the first and second quarter um, and outscoring Utah, I still didn't like the defense. They um, were, Utah was able to penetrate the paint way too much for my liking. Um, but I, I, I agree with, I agree with Keldon that this is one where you kind of yay and move on. It's time to move on, come back home and perform for the fans here as well. So. Yeah. So same question to you, Carolina, what do you think this one win means for the San Antonio Spurs and to you? Uh, you know, for me, it, it's like Jazz said, and Keldon probably thinks they still have a long way to go. And the game against the Jazz, it was kind of like the Jazz lost for themselves as well. They had poor possession. They had multiple bad looks, bad shots. Their passing wasn't impressive at all. And they didn't play the best basketball that they possibly could. So this win, it's it's good. But the whole season as a totality has been very demoralizing for the team it's I don't understand how they could possibly get through a, a season like this where they're not the a successful team and this is a historically bad team and you look at people like Kelton who are at the forefront it's got to be something that is hard for them to push through but um, hopefully in the future things look brighter the only thing that can happen when you're at the bottom is you go up. So I'm hoping for better days ahead for them. Yeah, one of the things I think that this win kind of solidifies for the Spurs is that they've been trying to play better defense, you know, and in these last couple of games of the rodeo road trip, you've seen that the team has tried to make more of a concerted effort to play a little bit better. And I think that's more attributed to, you know, they have, uh, you know, they have Jeremy Sohan playing, but more importantly, um, they're just playing better as a as a team, you know, as when it comes to their defensive prowess out there. Maybe they're just getting tired of the losing, finally, you know. And it seems like when they have, like, I know people are harping on Kata Bates-Diop and they feel a certain way about him, but when you have him and you have Jeremy Sohan on the court at the same time, the defense has been a little bit better. You know, I got to be honest with everybody, you know, even though they might feel a certain way, the defense has been better. And it showed because the Spurs played good enough to come back into the game and actually get the victory. So you have little things like that that you can kind of find solace in. What were you going to say, Jess? I think when you said Jeremy was, you know, on the floor with uh, Kata, I think one thing I noticed was he attempted no three-pointers this game. And not like I get that we want him to become some sort of scorer and to work on that. However, when they focus on their strengths, those are the type of results you get. You can focus on yeah. other areas that you are already strong in. You already can be an asset to the team, and less mistakes. We can't. We didn't. We couldn't really um, afford to watch him attempt the free throw. Like they needed him to focus on where he's strong at, and that is defense. He's one of the best defenders, so you need him in that time to not worry about the wing, to not worry about shooting a three pointer. So, uh, I, I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I think that was one of the reasons why he had some good looks and some nice assists. I want to say too, Draymond Green, after the Alamo Dome game, he did say that the Spurs are the type of team that they're going to make you beat them. They don't beat themselves. And that's something that's really stood out with me throughout the season because they've received a lot of criticism for not putting in full-blown effort. And I don't necessarily think it's because they don't put in effort. It's because they are clearly 
in a place where they're um, getting rid of players who are more so veterans and going for the rookie route and going for the quote-unquote tanking route, whether that's been solidified or not. But every single time the Spurs go on the court, they're going to give full effort at any given moment. People question Keldon's defense. People question their ability sometimes offensively. But at the end of the day, I mean, one of the best NBA players of all time literally said they they are not going to make you they're not going to beat themselves. So we need to give the Spurs credit for putting effort every single game despite losing and being able to get back on the court and being able to fight every single night. So that's one of the things that I, I want to make clear is that they're not purposefully losing. Yeah, because okay. you look and see what they did in last night's outing against the Jazz. Uh, the Spurs were able to hold the Jazz to 40, 42% shooting in the paint, and that was 2% shy of being a season best for, San, for the San Antonio defense, and it was the lowest opponent accuracy in the paint. Uh, the previous uh, record was 41% versus the Bucks this season, so they almost tied that. You know, They were able to hold the Jazz to, to 40, 42% uh, shooting in the paint, which shows that the Spurs are getting a little bit better uh, on the defensive end. And I'm quoting all this from, from my good friend Paul Garcia here from his Twitter because Paul's always a good guy with all the stats. And I'm going to be recording yeah. a new episode of Spurs cast with Paul after we're done here. So just uh, give you all <laughs> some of the, yeah, <laughs> give you some of the, the, the stats, you know, from, from our good friend Paul. Um, but another thing I wanted to bring up here is, you know, despite what the, the Spurs were doing, you know, yesterday, uh, one of the things I think really kind of got overlooked a little bit was, you know, to me, the highlight of the night for the Spurs was rookie Blake Wesley. He had one of the, his best games of the season and he finished the game with, I mean, it was nine points He hit on five shots with six rebounds, two assists, two fouls, three steals and two turnovers. And again, this is from Paul Garcia, but it's it's good to see that your young rookie is is starting to put some th some things together. You know, Spurs fans wanted to see a lot more of Blake Wesley. And now that they're seeing a little bit more of him, he's getting some run because there's a lot of minutes to go around him. He got people out due to injury. This is all great. This is good for the young core because you want to see them improve uh, and you want to see that progression uh, because you have next season to look forward to. And even though this might not be one of the best seasons for the San Antonio Spurs, hopefully if they get a, a high pick, all the, the experience that these rookies are getting is going to play, pay dividends next season because the team will, will be a little bit better. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jess? I agree. I want to start seeing more from both him and um, both Blake and Malachi, I think. I just want to see them do this but more confidently. I think they still kind of question themselves in making decisions, which is reasonable. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just, um, Pop said, he was talking about defense at the time, but I do agree. It's like, when are you going to just get it? Like, just trust yourself more so. Um, and you can't really force an athlete into that place. But I do see when Blake trusts himself and he just does, it's, I mean, he performs well. Uh, there was this, I think it was his first shot of the night. He was, um, driving to the basket and made an adjustment in the air and finished with his left hand. And so it was like, we need that more. We need that more often. I'm waiting on that again. And it was a beautiful shot. Um, he finished strong. It was a fast break. Like, and he, Kessler was in the, was 
under the basket. So I think when when you just stop thinking too hard and just do and trust what you you know what you have to do. Most of the time, when they're put in a position where they have to perform, is when they do their best. Um, if they don't overthink it, and I think that I want to see that more from him, and also yeah. from Malachi, that confidence. I'm sure you were screaming because if nobody knows, when Jazz watches Spurs game, she gets very <laughs> animated. Yeah, and she start yelling, and she'll be like, ooh, ooh. "Oh my <laughs> gosh, that, that's me though!" Like with basketball, period. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, I have to, I have to hold it back though. When I'm at the, when I'm at the games, you know, I gotta focus. But when I'm at home, oh, that's my time. That's my time to get loud. <laughs> you know, the fans don't notice that because me, Jazz, Evan, and some other the Spurs Project Spurs faithful there, the staff members, we had met up uh, at a little Woodrow's oh. and we we're watching the game. And Jazz was like going off. I was like, I like that energy from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what about the real me, guys? Yeah. Well, she's always at the games, and she's always like uh, cheering, yelling, screaming. Like that doesn't stop at Little Woodrose. That's at the AT and T Center too. So make no mistake. You gonna have people looking for me, Carolina? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can. I'm next to her, so I can hear her. Like kind of, you know, but. You know, we try our best to be as professional as we can, but <laughs> sometimes we let our emotions get the best of us. I mean, at the end of the day, we're fans too. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, look um, at that. She's probably looking at me. She's like, "You're letting everybody know my business." <laughs> no, well, I, told okay. I told God's business earlier with the electricity bill. Oh so, my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Blake Wesley, for me, honestly. Um, Jeff McDonald wrote a great article saying that he's going to be taking on more responsibility. And I really like the fact that he's going to be taking out uh, responsibility because, you know, he's playing in face of uh, Trey Jones and, you know, Malachi Branham, who's been starting in Jones spot. Uh, he limped off in the second half because he had back spasms. And then you see somebody like Blake Wesley being able to dominate in the second half and Similar to what Jazz said, Keldon said that that's the Blake Wesley that they're used to seeing. He's picking up, uh, he's picking up, he's getting into the game, he's disrupting the game, uh, and you know he's had his issues too. He missed two and a half months in October after suffering a torn MCL. You know he had to recover from that, start getting back on his footing, start getting back in good shape, but. And one of his struggles has been his ball handles. I mean, he said that himself, um, but he is getting more confident, like Jazz said. And it's an adjustment period. Like Kyrie Irving said recently after the post-Mavs game, there's an adjustment period, whether you're new to a team after you just got traded there or whether you are somebody like Blake Wesley who's getting thrown into the game in the second half and that's not what you're anticipating. There's an adjustment period and there's times where you're going to have to develop yourself in certain areas. And one of those areas for him is his handles. But Coach Pop has given him compliments. He complimented him yesterday. He said that he's better with his speed and he's doing a great job developing. So hopefully we see more of that type of Blake Wesley in the future. And he starts having this emergence on the defensive end of the ball as well as offensively. And I'm really excited to see more from him and Malachi Branham as well. Yeah. So hopefully good things will continue to happen with the Spurs young core. And even though the, they, the Spurs continue to lose, not necessarily a bad thing because you know that's going to mean a higher pick in the draft but more importantly if they can just play a little bit more consistent uh basketball from here on out they have 20 games left on the season and if they can just be a little bit more consistent not only on the defensive front but also from their offensive perspective especially with the younger core 
that's going to be conducive to them hopefully winning more games uh, in the next upcoming season. So a lot of things that Spurs fans can still look for, even though the team is losing. But we had some breaking news here. I got this directly off of Jazz's uh, Twitter account, and she had uh, an update here on Devin Vassell. You want to let everybody know what's going on with him? (laughs) Devin Vassell is probable for tomorrow's game against the Pacers. Best news we've gotten in the last 40 days. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I think... I think I think the probable may be a good chance we see him on the floor tomorrow because um, he's the type of athlete where if he's ready to go, it's put me in coach. Like that's his mindset that I've seen. So probable to me is a good thing. Um, and I've, I'm personally leaning more towards hopefully seeing him on the court. Um, yeah. yeah, where do you, we can go wherever you want to go from there. I'm ready. <laughs> I was going to say the other players that are possibly going to be, uh, they, they still have them listed as questionable, uh, are going to be uh, Birch or players out. They have Birch listed, Champagne, Langford, and, and Roby. Uh, questionable, they have, of course, Jones, Keldon, and Branham. And that's a shame because Malachi Branham, he's been balling out, you know, and <laughs> I don't want to see him get some rest, but it's probably due to load management more than anything. But Malachi Branham in the month of February among rookies, his he has the most total points at 185, highest scoring average at 16.8 points per game. And he's tied for first in field goal percentage at 50%. And he has the most made field goals at 75, 11 more than second place Paolo Banchero. And, and he has five games with 20-plus points. So he's first right now for the month of February amongst rookies. And... I don't want to see him rest. I want to see the young man get out there and, and, you know, get some run. But, you know, Coach Pop has to do what he's got to do, you know, to for the longevity of his players. So I, I respect it, I guess. But I'm not happy about it. I want to see more Malachi Branham. I'm a fan of Malachi. I thought he's always been, uh, you know, had a lot of uh, potential and he had a high ceiling. So I love seeing his growth, you know, gets you excited for the upcoming season. But Moving on here, we're going to get away from the Spurs talk a little bit, and we're going to get into something else here. We're going to talk a little bit about boxing and a boxing match that I saw on Sunday. And I had to tell you, Carolina, I know how you are, you know, and you like to watch boxing and all that, but I'm going to tell you, your boy Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, that that fight was pure garbage. It was like the worst (laughs) boxing match that I have seen yet. Like, it was horrible. And it's an exhibition fight. Let's let us let it be known. You know, people that are buying this, y'all know that what you're getting into. It's not a bona fide boxing match. This is pure entertainment. But Jake Paul, to his credit, has been boxing a little bit here. So he's hopefully he's getting better. I didn't see it in this match, but hopefully he gets better. And then he was fighting a legit boxer, finally, a real boxer in Tommy Fury, younger brother of Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, you know, we all know about him. And there was like much hype about this fight and Tyson Fury saying, oh, my brother's going to knock him out in like four rounds. I guarantee it. A lot of trash talking going on. And then they start boxing and they're like, okay, okay, let's see what they got. And there was more hugging than there was boxing. A lot of fight, a lot of punches thrown in this fight. Not a lot of uh, punches landed. And I got to say, Jake Paul with, you know, all these fights that he's had, he still has the most awkward stance that I've ever seen out of an amateur boxer. 
and the weirdest overhand punch. Like, if you're a boxer, you always want to have your hands up and you want to be on guard, you know, to be in that defensive position, and you're looking for that opening. But with Jake, with Jake Paul, is he puts his head down, he tries to get so low, and then he just comes over the top with his with his right hand, you know, and he can't even see his target, so he's just blindly punching. It was horrible. Awful. You know, you know who has a weird stance too, Rolly Romero, and uh, his stance is very stiff. And everybody, when they were promoting the Tank versus Rolly fight, one of the things they said was, "Rolly." They they kept saying, "Rolly's an unorthodox fighter. He's an unorthodox fighter." Well, then they asked Tank, "How do you feel about uh, Rolly being an unorthodox fighter?" And he said, "Rolly's not an unorthodox fighter. He's just a dumbass fighter." And so, like. <laughs> I feel kind of the same way with Jake Paul. Like, I don't think he has a weird stance or a weird, weird pivots or anything of that nature. He just fights like a dumbass because he's not a professional. Like, he's, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a professional fighter, but he doesn't have the professionalism as somebody like a Tank or somebody like Spence or Crawford who has hundreds of amateur fights under their belt and then they go into professional boxing. And Jake Paul is an entertainer who woke up one day and said that he wanted to become a boxer and then became a boxer and made millions of dollars. And I'm a victim of purchasing this fights because the trash talk is elite. He said, I'm a rob a bank catch a body and go home. You know, I like talk like that. I love stuff like that. And I, I like the fact that his brother's willing to get on the mic and talk crap too. He said, he was telling Tommy Fury, if you can hear this, you're a bitch. Like he's totally- he's gonna gas out. Yeah, he's t one of those people that just trash talks everybody. So this fight was like an exhibition fight. It's not an actual fight, but it was very, very entertaining. And one of my very good friends, Ray Flores got the call that he was going to be commentating that fight. And my friend has covered over a thousand boxing fights. Him and I are very close. And he did an incredible job calling that fight. So I just want to say big shout out to one of my good friends, Ray Flores, who did an incredible job uh, commentating that fight. He deserved it. It was in Saudi Arabia. It was a, it was a really awesome boxing match. And they did an incredible job covering it. It was a fight that I would say isn't a real boxing match, but he did fight a real boxer for the first time. And look what happens when you fight an actual boxer. He lost. And Carolina, girl, you said something about trash talk. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not in, like, I, I like boxing when, when, like, I'm getting together with friends and to watch it, but I'm not in the world as much. But I will be getting into it with you because you make it so interesting when you report on it. But, um, but, I watched the post game, the post match conference. I mean, like the you know the conference. The post presser. Yes, yeah. the post presser. Oh my, I couldn't think of the word. I watched the post presser, and he said something. He said um, somebody asked him about his loss. How did he feel? Like what was the result of it? And they kept asking him about uh, Fury, um, and he said the loss was more of a reflection of my own performance, meaning his performance versus him feeling that Fury was outstanding. And he kept reiterating that. And I thought that that was so funny because I feel like it was like, you know how you get a backhanded compliment and you're like, <laughs> are you talking about me? Cause he kept mentioning like, no, he wasn't that great. It was more me. I should have did this. I should have did that. So he was like taking accountability. But what, what we say where I'm from, he was slick dissing. Like he was kind of like, it wasn't cause he was good. It wasn't because he did anything great. I didn't feel like uh, he didn't catch me off guard. 
He didn't do anything I wasn't aware of. He wasn't stronger than me. It was just simply because I didn't do my best. And I was just like, oh, the attitude. I felt it. So when he said the trash talk, I was like, I need to go back and, and watch this. You should. And, and you're right. Like he's, I mean, it probably hurts because nobody wants to get their ass kicked in front of 10 million people. I mean, you talk yes. all this trash. Imagine talking all this trash to somebody, calling someone the B word, telling somebody I'm going to rob a bank, I'm going to catch your body and go home, and then you lose. That really hurts just anyone's ego, but especially Jake Paul's because he mm -hmm. is a trash talker. That's why a lot of boxers don't talk trash. They don't have to feel that. Nobody wants to get knocked out in front of millions of people. So he didn't get knocked out, but you're right. That's probably why he's trying to accept that he lost, but he's having a hard time accepting that Tommy Fury outboxed him and was just the better boxer. It's hard to accept that sometimes. After feeling like a winner. <laughs> like I've seen, I've, like I yeah. said, I've seen matches and clips and stuff, and he's probably feeling on top of the world until real life quote unquote hits you in the face. So. Yeah. I think what he needs to do is he needs to work on his mechanics, you know, his his stance he just needs to work on those basics and and right now it's just not there and it's probably because he on quite honestly he probably needs to get a better corner somebody who's gonna hone him into becoming an actual boxer and learning those skills he's getting experience but he still hasn't put all those tools uh, to work yet you know there's there's a lot of things he still needs to learn and if he winds up going pro and he gets uh, some some opportunities to start fighting some of these lower level fighters it's going to be tough for him because Anytime you're going into the ring, you have to prepare. And I just don't think, like like I said, he's not a, a, a pure boxer. So his mechanics aren't there. And there's just a lot of things he still needs to put together. That's just I, my opinion. I but I am looking forward to this this other match that's going to be coming up between Tank and, and King Ryan here, Ryan Garcia. And like I was telling you, Carolina. That I will watch. Yeah. I got to pull. I got to pull for the Raza. I got to I got to pull for my for my people's. You know, and especially Garcia, that's familia right there. That's already family. So, you know, I got to go with Brian. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, I was like, you got to, uh, you know, hold it down for your cousins. Because <laughs> 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 of Brian Garcia. Um, I, I'm Team Tank all the way, and I ain't talking about the Spurs and the Rockets. I'm talking about Tank Davis, okay? Tank Davis, that's my guy my favorite boxer, period. He has the power. He has the boxing IQ. He has the credentials to back him up. He's fought tougher fighters than Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia, you could tell he's mentally focused this time. He took his mental health break. Uh, Ryan Garcia has the speed. Ryan Garcia has the, uh, the height and the reach. But there is no way that Ryan Garcia is going to outbox Tank. Trust me. Oh, we got to take a little bet on that. So we'll talk before that fight starts, Carolina. There's no way. I will put, I'm putting the whole jazz. I know you're getting into boxing and you're going to be watching the fight. Don't listen to Joe. Oh, <laughs> no. No, she's pinching me against you already. Oh, no. I, I, gotta, I gotta go for my peoples. You know, I gotta go for, for another Garcia. But, yeah. you know, my heart tells me that Tank is going to win. But I still gotta, I gotta pull for Ryan, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be good. I gotta we got Jazzy. You gotta, you gotta be the tiebreaker. Yeah. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. 
Yeah, but we let's go ahead and talk here about the San Antonio Brahmas as well. You know, since we're going to get off the, the boxing talk here, uh, the San Antonio uh, Brahmas actually winded up getting their first season win, you know, uh, their first victory of the season here against the uh, Orlando Guardians on Sunday, this past Sunday. A uh, final score on that was 30 to 11, 30 to 12, you know, and this is, is good for the San Antonio Brahmas because after that disappointing loss here in front of the, the home crowd in the Alamo Dome, where they were up against uh, St. Louis for most of the game, and they didn't wind up letting them come all the way back. And the St. Louis Battlehawks winded up sneaking out of the Alamo Dome with that victory, you know, 18 yeah. to 15. Heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker for not only them, but for the fans. That's not the way you want to start a, you know, your season <laughs> in front of the home team, you know, uh, in the home crowd. In the last minute. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they couldn't close out that game. But it looks like they learned from that, which is probably good for them. They, they, like I said, beat their Orlando Guardians, thirty to twelve, and they have an, their next game is going to be on this Sunday, March the fifth. Starts at seven o'clock p.m. Central Time, and you can watch that game on ESPN two. And it's going to be against the Houston Roughnecks. So hopefully they can go ahead and you know go ahead and start stringing together some wins. So we'll see what happens on this Sunday's game. So at least there's some football to watch on Sunday if you're a football fan. I know I'm a football fan. I know Caroline is a football fan. What about you, Jazz? You a football fan? I am. I actually probably enjoy watching it more in person than I do, like, reporting about it. But um, I definitely – I grew up in a football family. I grew up in a, a Cowboys versus Redskins family or Washington, I should say, now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's actually nice that it's here. Cause now I can take my mom to a football yeah. game, even yep. though it may not be NFL, she's the bigger football uh-huh. fan than me, but, um, no, nah, she, she would love it. I think and it's about time San Antonio get an extra sport or extracurricular activity to do here. So. Yeah. Besides basketball, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I can't say that publicly because people will say like, what about UTSA? So, so, I mean, but it's it's a, it's, a, it's the next level. It's the exactly. next level. We, you, we support you. UTSA all the time. We do, and but the thing is, like, if we don't, we get dragged. So we got to mention UTSA. <laughs> they yeah, treat they're two time conference champions back to back. I think everybody is the pretty guy. aware of UTSA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got to give a shout out to the UIW San Antonio Houston. UIW, too, then the UIW fans get mad. They're like, what about UIW? Then we got to go to high school teams. What about Judson? What about Roosevelt? What about, no, just kidding. Well, you know what? Everybody has their moment, and everybody knows that Texas, especially San Antonio, is is like a football town. So there's no surprise that people are going to be excited about this new thing. But that does not mean that they're going to stop going to anything from peewee up to professional. So <laughs> you know, not going to stop. You are not lying because didn't they have that show? Uh, it was called Little Tykes or something on Netflix. Yes. That was based in San Antonio. Yeah. That, that show was all those little kids were from San Antonio. Kids, yeah, like on the Northeast side, it was based around San Antonio teams. So you're right. When it comes to Pee Wee on up, San Antonio is going to show up and show out every time when it comes to football. They don't play. So the fact that the XFL is here now and they have double the attendance as any of the other XFL teams, it makes sense that the XFL is going to bring the championship here to San Antonio mm-hmm. for the final game. And as far as the performance is concerned about the Orlando Guardians, the Orlando Guardians. 
are probably the worst team in the XFL. So it doesn't surprise me. Well, there's that, a lot of understanding. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're the worst team. They they're not good. Yes, it's good morally for the uh the Brahmas, I was like, what the hell is their name? I just got used to their name. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, the Brahmas beat them. Um, they dominated. But we need to see what's going to happen here on and here out because, I mean, I think they played excellent in their first game. They attacked the ground game really well. They were able to um, – they were able to effectively shut out the St. Louis Battlehawks the first three quarters, and then everything unfolded in the last minute and 33 seconds. And then, of course, they had the turnover on downs at 4th and 15th with the new rule, which I really like. Um, and that was what really turned everything around. So Heinz Ward had came out and said they beat themselves, essentially. And uh, he sounded like Jake Paul. And then he, and then you roll into the game with the Guardians and you beat one of the worst teams. If they're able to keep that momentum, hopefully, hopefully San Antonio Brahmas end up at the XFL championship. It's going to be really exciting. And I, I think The Rock, I, I want him to come back. I want him to come back. Right, um, because you just want to look at him? or <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll, we'll kind of see where they are for real this next matchup because Houston is number one um, in their mm -hmm. conference right now. So I think we'll we'll be able to kind of measure them a little bit and see, you yeah. know, see if, if we're going to go through some growing pains with them like we are with the Spurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. It'd be a good, it's a good uh, game where we can see where they really are. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're going to start coming and bringing the show to an end. And we're going to talk about one more thing before we go ahead and, you know, sign, sign off here for the Two Shots podcast. I was uh, lucky enough to see a screener of Creed 3 uh, last night. I did invite Carolina, but she was busy. She couldn't make it. So she missed I out. Went, Carolina. It was it was good. It was a good, good screener. Like, I can't ruin the, the movie for you guys, but I'm going to wind up doing a uh, – a review, a movie review for CountdownCityGeeks.com, where you can go ahead and check that out. Uh, it's going to be available later on tonight. After I finish recording the Spurs cast, then I'm going to record that, oh that, that review of uh, Creed 3. But I got to tell you guys, like, this is probably the best movie in the in the, in the the trilogy. In the, and I got to say, like, the, the fighting sequences are, like, top tier. They're, they're pure fire. It's amazing to just watch them. It makes you feel, this film actually makes you feel like you're you're right there watching the whole storyline like you're part of that for this highly anticipated prize fight between two heavyweights you know so you're seeing all the the, the both these uh boxers going through some things you know and you're seeing all the backstory and everything great build-up great story i mean the acting was top notch and shout out to michael p jordan i mean this is his first directing debut oh you know, directorial debut, and he just knocked it out the park, you know, like, yeah. he, he was really talented, so kudos to him, and I just saw him actually this morning, because I saw that he was going to be coming out with the whole uh, cast, you know, of, of Creed 3 on that daytime show, Sherry, uh, it comes mm -hmm. out on Fox 29 here locally, so I, yeah. I tuned in to watch that, and they were just talking about, you know, some of the things that they did, you know, to go ahead and prepare for the film and whatnot, but everybody just, like, took great pride in and releasing such a high level product, it really shows it. I gotta say it was refreshing to watch this, a real film versus all the stuff that you I usually see, which is Marvel related. Uh, you kind of forget sometimes that you don't need all that CGI to like enjoy a film. Like you can get back to the old school ways, you know, where it's just 
actual acting and not so much of the green screen stuff. So a refreshing change. And really, if you all haven't uh, seen it, which I don't think you or, or Carolina seen it yet, make sure you go check it out yeah. this weekend. It's real good. It's okay, Carolina. We're going to have a girls night. I love. Oh, go ahead. Me and Jazz have been talking uh, that and saying that when the Spurs season over, we need to finally actually hang out because we don't have any time. And you know that, Joe, because we try to schedule this show for like six months, I think. But me and Jazz, uh, we want to hang out um, after the season's over and kind of celebrate the hard work we put in. So maybe going to the movies could there be something go. that we could do. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a theater kid, and I love – I um, I loved Michael in the first two. I thought mm-hmm. – I've seen both. They're both amazing. Uh, Tessa, I love her as an actress. Um, it's cinematically beautiful. Everything, like, from the color to camera angles to cuts. So I'm excited to watch this even from a person who was in theater and who loved acting as well. And to see how he does with the directing, you know, from the directing aspect. And even as someone like I've directed basketball games and cameras and stuff like that. So seeing how they shoot the fighting scenes is going to be super interesting. It's just fun watching a movie from those different, from multiple perspectives and with great actors and actresses. And I just, oh my gosh, just seeing them when they do interviews, all the chemistry and the love, like you said, the passion that's behind it. I can't wait to see what's going to be on screen. Yeah, Jonathan Majors knocked it out the park too. Like his performance of his character, his name is Dame. Yes, it's really yes. good. I've seen really clips. Good. I'm so excited. I want to say I, I'm really excited. I want to see it too, like super, like ASAP, like this weekend. But I actually am really looking forward to watching your Countdown City Geek Cast, where you give the review, so I can be prepared. And I can't wait to take a look at the review. I'm really, actually, really excited. So make sure to tag me. Yeah. when you release that podcast because i need a i need a sneak peek and you were there i couldn't <laughs> go i'm heartbroken but no that's that's really cool i i love that y'all are into movies i'm not so <laughs> yeah it was, it was a lot of I fun do you know? three i do i do yeah, this one was the one that I was really up for you know and I was like oh no we did not get a screener for creed three and it's like yeah we did so I was there and my boy, Ted, you know, shout out to you, Ted. Uh, he's also uh, my uh, my partner over here for the Countdown City Geeks as well. And I had I was hanging out there with my boy, Jason Garcia. So shout out to you, Jason. Uh, me another and Jason. Garcia. Yeah, another, uh, another Garcia, you know. Another Garcia. <laughs> hanging out with family, Ca- Carolina, hanging out with family. <laughs> There's a lot of Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend it. Go and go and check it out, and you'll check out the review. I'm going to be posting it out here shortly, uh, probably sometime later tonight. So I'll make sure and tag everybody so you can check yeah. that out. And I think we're gonna, I think on this one we're gonna do a spoiler-free review because when we do reviews for films that are just coming out, we don't want to mm-hmm. ruin them for anybody. So we try to just stick to like the basics without ruining anything. So it's gonna be a spoiler-free review. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So for Jazz Tamir and Carolina Teague, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for watching another episode of the Two Shots Podcast and listening to another episode. So like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace. Peace.